The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868 or visit them at difpbham.com. That's D-I-F-P-B-H-A-M.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beat. Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. I'm Tyler Brown, and today is Wednesday, November 18th, a day late on getting the podcast out. It's been a busy week in athletics, but finally getting around to sitting down and putting together today's episode. Before we get started, I just want to take a moment to say here at Jacksonville State University, our hearts go out to the UT Martin Athletic Program and the family of head basketball coach Anthony Stewart, who passed away unexpectedly Sunday, November 15th at age 50. Stewart was set to begin his fifth season at the helm of the Skyhawk basketball program. His son, Parker, is a junior on the UTM squad. UT Martin announced Tuesday that Montez Robinson has been named the team's interim head coach. The entire UT Martin Athletic Program and the family of Anthony Stewart are in our thoughts and prayers. This is episode number 48 of the series. Today's featured guest is softball senior pitcher and DH Alexis Jimerson. The softball team recently wrapped up fall practice and she will join me in a few moments to discuss what it's like to go through the fall without playing against another school, how she felt when the 2020 season was canceled due to COVID-19, and her thoughts on playing the 2021 season as a, quote, super senior after receiving the NCAA's COVID waiver. But first, we have a few quick notes and news to get to. Last week's guest was baseball senior Alex Webb. Like Alexis, he tells us what it was like to have his senior season cut short by coronavirus, how it affected his thoughts on the MLB draft, and what he did to stay in shape over the summer to return for a fifth year. To listen to previous episodes, Behind the Beat can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also a reminder that we're just two days away from Riley Green's concert at Burgess Snowfield on Friday, November 20th. The former Gamecock is coming back to play a special show for his hometown and alma mater. The concert starts at 5.30 p.m. with Hoax Bluff native Drake White opening for the newly crowned ACM New Male Artist of the Year. Tickets are on sale now and begin at $30. To purchase tickets and for more information regarding COVID-19 and stadium policies about the show, you can visit jsugamecocksports.com slash Riley Green. Jacksonville State basketball will hit the hardwood beginning next week. The men's basketball team is set to begin their season on Wednesday, November 25th in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. Game time is still to be decided, and the women will tip off on Saturday, November 28th at 2 p.m. here at Pete Matthews Coliseum. They will host Georgia Southwestern State. 
And in our NFL update, former Gamecock Saran Neal had two tackles, one on defense and one on special teams as the Buffalo Bills lost in the final seconds at Arizona. And running back Troy Main Pope returned from injury to play on special teams but did not see any action at running back for the Los Angeles Chargers over the weekend. And former wide receiver Josh Pearson is still grinding down in Tampa Bay with the Buccaneers. He is still on their practice squad. That does it for everything happening around athletics, and now it's time for today's featured guest. Alexis Jimerson is entering her fifth season with the Gamecock softball program after seeing her true senior season cut short after just 21 games due to COVID-19. The power-hitting pitcher, who is known for a heroic postseason home run as a freshman and a dominating pitching performance against Auburn at the 2018 NCAA Tallahassee Regional, talks about her second chance to go out as a JSU legend and secure a fourth OVC championship for her team as a senior. Here is this week's guest, Alexis Jimerson. Joined on the podcast this week by senior pitcher Alexis Jimerson from the JSU softball team. Alexis, thanks for coming on with me this week. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and you said you were nervous coming into this one, but you've had some big time interviews before. You this this isn't too out of the ordinary for you. Well, it's not too bad. <laughs> Now, what we were talking about before we got started was that you guys have just wrapped up fall practices. That was about two weeks ago, but you're still doing some individual work. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me kind of what this fall has been like for you guys. Um, well, coming back from COVID, so this semester was, we didn't know what to expect, honestly. We didn't have a fall schedule, which we normally have. We normally play like eight games. So... Not competing against other teams and just competing against ourselves every day, like competing against other teammates was what we basically had to look forward to. So when we first started team practice, we were just going over the fundamentals, teaching everybody like how we run things here or whatever. And when we wrapped up fall practice, we scrimmaged against each other. So it was kind of like we were actually playing for something this fall and competing against one another instead of competing against a different opponent. So... That was something to look forward to. That was exciting. We had umpires, so it actually felt like a real game instead of just a scrimmage during practice. So that was exciting for us to get to go toe-to-toe with each other and see what we've been working so hard for this fall and see everything play out. Right now, we're doing individual work with the the coaches. Um, The hitters are working with Coach Julie Monday through Thursday. We have different time slots. We start at like 9 in the morning, and then the last group goes at like 2. And then the pitchers work with Coach Sally Monday through Thursday, and we have different time slots for that as well. So we're still working the last few days before Thanksgiving break, so we're excited. And you, you kind of get double the work because you're both a pitcher and a hitter, so do you stay for both of those individuals, um, or do you have certain days that you that you work out on as compared to the others? Well, I work out Monday through Thursday, both hitting and pitching, but – my time slots like work with each other. So if I months like this morning, I hit with Coach Julie at nine thirty, and then I had like a small break, and then I went to go pitch with Coach Sally at eleven forty-five. So has it been weird this semester not playing some other teams and only getting into those inter squad scrimmages with each other? Um, I wouldn't say weird. I would say more so thankful to. <laughs> get to just compete and play because of COVID canceling last season or whatever. Mm So us being able to come back and just play softball, what we're used to doing was just a good feeling. What was it like last year? Because when the season got canceled for 2020, you guys had played 
just 21 games, had a winning record at the time, and then all of a sudden everything just came to a grinding halt. What was it like when you found out that things were going to be first put on hold, and then after that, I think it was a week later, that they said, okay, everything is called off? Well, when we first found out that, like, they were thinking about canceling the season, we were like, for sure they won't cancel it. Like, this just unreal. That won't happen. So, like, that next week when we had that team meeting and they told us it was canceled, it was kind of devastating. Like, what are we about to do? We're about to go home. Like, how would classes be? Um, It was, like, hard. Like, it's very emotional. Um, But to be able to come back and just compete and just, I guess, finish what I started mm-hmm. is just a great feeling. Um, I'm thankful that the NCAA granted like us another year. I'm thankful to be here at JSU and I'm just excited for this new season. I'm sorry. I'm emotional. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. To you. It's okay. <laughs> so it, it, it obviously means a lot to you. Um, and last year would be your senior year. You're able to come back this year with that blanket waiver. What's it going to mean to you to be able to step back out on the field this coming year and be able to play that senior year? Uh, it's going to mean like my final chapter. I've been playing softball my whole life. So um, it's just going to be like me just closing something and actually starting adulthood, which I'm excited for, but I'm just living in the moment. I learned to like appreciate going to practice every day, going to workouts at five forty five in the morning. I was just I felt myself like taking it for granted. And then when it finally got taken away, I was like, well, maybe I should start appreciating like the little things more so. Stepping out on the field this twenty one season, I'm so excited. I feel like our team has so much grit, so much passion. And so much just fight to just go to war with each other. So I'm just so excited for that. I think that might be the best answer that I've heard talking about an upcoming season is being able to go out and finish that chapter like you were talking about. I would say one of the things that I've talked about with some of the football players and some of the baseball players that has been a a little tricky was over the summer with everything being shut down, obviously you're not able to go into the weight room with Coach Gavin or anything like that, and you're not able to get into any of the facilities here. Uh, What did you do over the summer to really stay sharp during all of this shutdown? Well, when I go home, like, over breaks or over the summer before I come back, my dad um, hits with me and pitches with me three days a week because he has, like, his own little building back at home, so... I work with him, like, just as much as I would work with Coach Sally or work with Coach Julie here during school. And when I'm, like, working out, I would just hire a personal trainer or whatever to, like, make sure I'm in shape and ready for when we start back working out at 545 if I was with Gavin here. What's it like being able to go home and have your dad, Baron Jamerson, as he was your high school head coach, so now you've got your coach at home that's able to kind of train you over the summer. Uh, what was it like growing up, you know, and most kids have their dad coach them most of the way, but then your dad was also your high school coach too. What was that like growing up? Mm, he was hard on me. <laughs> he was very hard on me, but he made me the player I am today. I'm so thankful for it. Um, he would push me to like he he cares about softball just as much as I do. Like he's still coaching and I'm like here at school playing without him. So 
his passion is what grew my passion of the game and just allowed me to grow as a player, individual, just an all-around person because he loves softball that, like, bleeded into me. And he wants the best for me, and I know he has my back. So working with him is like I know what I'm expected to do, and he expects it out of me. Whenever I would play sports, whenever I was younger, I was pretty hard on myself when I didn't have a good game. And that that was enough. But then when I got in the car with dad or when you go home <laughs> and you're at home with dad and mm-hmm. they start talking about, well, you could have done this or you could have mm-hmm. done that, it, you know, it kind of gets under your skin. Did your dad have that division of we're going to leave it at the softball field or was it from the car ride all the way home that you heard about it? Well, if I would have a bad game and we would get in the car to leave, I would try to like hurry up and go to sleep so we couldn't <laughs> talk about it. But it's like I would try to like go to sleep to give him time to like cool down or whatever. But as soon as I like woke up, he was still ready to talk about the game. And I'm like, I've been asleep for an hour and you're still trying to talk about this game. But I just feel like him getting on to me just showed he cared and showed that he wanted the best for me. I see that now. But like, of course, when I'm young, I'm like, you're just getting on to me just because. Mm-hmm. But I'm thankful he did that because it like made me mentally like focused mentally we're mentally strong for like college you wrap up your high school career at madison academic magnet school in jackson tennessee Mm -hmm. and then you come to jacksonville alabama how did coach mcginnis find you and how did that recruiting process go how did you land in jacksonville uh i was playing travel ball at i think i was in murfreesboro tennessee Mm -hmm. and it's funny because coach mcginnis was there watching anna chisholm and i was like playing against her team I was pitching that game, and I was doing pretty good, and then I think I got two hits. So after that, my dad was like, well, Jacksonville State contacted us or whatever, and I'm like, well, I don't know who that is. So <laughs> I started, like, searching it or whatever, and then I started getting in contact with the coaches. I set up a visit, and I saw that they were successful, of course. So I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll go on a visit. And when I came on my visit, I instantly fell in love, instantly knew that this is where I wanted to go. Like, as soon as I met the coaches, I was like, this is where I'm going to play my next four years of college. So when I left off my visit, I wanted to call Coach McGinnis that same day and be like, well, I'm coming to Jacksonville. So my daddy was like, no, like, you need to wait a couple of days. So I'm like, okay. So, like, two days later, I called Coach McGinnis, and I was like, well, I want to commit to Jacksonville. And, I, of course, I got emotional. Mm-hmm. So, I'm just an emotional person. But <laughs> I was so excited to tell her. So, And I'm so thankful. And you've had a fantastic career here at Jacksonville State. And there are two highlights that really stand out to me that you've had since you've been here. And you could probably guess which two they were. Tell me about the your freshman year, 2017 OVC Tournament. The solo home run, top of the seventh inning against SIUB. Well, when I was going up to bat, I can remember myself being like, just don't, just don't get out. Just don't get out. Just get on base. Because <laughs> hitting in front of Jamie with McGuire my freshman year was just a relief. Because me being a freshman, her being a singer, I just felt like if I don't do it, Jamie will hit it up. Or like she will have my back. So. When I stepped in the box, I was just honestly trying to relax because I had a pretty good career off of Haley Chambers. So then at bat, I'm pretty sure I watched my my first strike and I was like, okay, I just breathe. And then 
I got the pitch I wanted and I just swung. Like, I wasn't trying to hit it over. I was just trying to honestly put a good swing on it to get a base hit. But that feeling was just unreal and something I probably would never forget. That solo home run tied the game in the top of the sevens. You guys go on to win it mm-hmm. and win the OVC championship and go on to the NCAA regional in Athens. Or I'm sorry, in Tallahassee, and you played Georgia in that one. And isn't it crazy how it's been five years ago? that you can remember that at bat Mm -hmm. and those pitches. Like, tell me, as a hitter, how do you remember that stuff? How does it really get ingrained in your mind? How do you you pull back that memory so vividly? Um, I feel like I can pull it back because it was just, like, a big highlight of my career. And that was, like, my first year. So I'm, like, trying to make myself, like, known to Jacksonville, known in the OVC or whatever. So, and... I feel like I can remember like hitting wise because I also pitch. So I like can focus on like where the pitches were, like what the pitcher's like trying to throw me, how she's trying to like beat me as I'm trying to beat her. So I feel like that focus going from hitting and pitching helps me a lot in my career. How good did it feel to do it against SIUE? Great. (laughs) (laughs) The best feeling. Would you consider them your biggest rival in the OVC? Um, Or has that shifted recently? I feel like it's kind of shifted. My freshman year, it was definitely SIUE. It felt so good to do that against them. But I feel like now it's more so between either SEMO or EKU. Mm -hmm. And then just a year later, you have another big moment. Mm -hmm. When we were talking about the pressure of interviews. This was the one that I was specifically thinking about. 2018 NCAA Tallahassee (laughs) Regional against Auburn. You guys play two games that day. The first game goes 10 innings against Kennesaw State. You end up winning that one 5-3, to but Faith Sims throws 10 Mm -hmm. innings. She's done. There's no way she's coming Mm -hmm. back for game two. And it's down to just you and her pitching. And, you know, do do you look to her to come into relief? You know, if you start the game, you know, what... You know, what what could happen there? And what ends up happening is you guys win at 3-2 over Auburn. You throw seven innings, give up just six hit, two runs, one earned. You walked three but struck out one. You faced 29 batters through 117 pitches. And then you also got it done at the plate, one for three with a double, two RBIs. And obviously that turns out to be, you know, the winning hit that you guys win it by one, three to two. Tell me about that performance against Auburn and what that meant to you and plus really the program because that sends you to the championship game of that regional against Florida State and it knocks off a big in-state team mm-hmm. in Auburn. Um, Well, before the game even started, I didn't think I was going to pitch. So when Coach Wasner told me, I was like, okay, well, I need to like get focused because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was honestly just like focused on hitting, like look, thinking about what that pitch was going to throw me. So warming up before that game, I was just trying to – not let the game get bigger than what it was like it was just me pitching like I do every day in practice me just throwing the Ryan so when the game started I was kind of nervous but as it like went on I was like so dialed in I don't even like remember hearing the like crowd cheering that's how like focused I was and I just was so determined to like win for the seniors for the team for the program so that feeling of just Beating them, doing it for the seniors who got an extra game was just something great. Like, I shocked myself, but <laughs> it was just a great feeling. Do you remember that post-game interview? Yes, I do. <laughs> I was nervous with that one, too. Um, That was just, like, a good feeling because normally, like, we don't get to do those type of interviews. 
be on TV. Like we just be a big rank school. It was just so amazing. And I was so grateful to do that with that for that senior class and for that team at that time. And I think we're lucky that the headset survived yes. after, I think it was Caitlin Sapp poured the uh, yes. Gatorade on you. <laughs> yes. They were like, well, I hope our headset isn't messed up. I'm like, I'm sorry. And now you you talk about during your recruitment, fell in love with Jacksonville State right off the bat. And I think that's probably very easy to do mm-hmm. with Coach McGinnis. And you look at this coaching staff with Coach McGinnis, Julie Boland, now Sally Beth is your pitching coach. And then in addition to that, you've got Maddie Moss, who's a volunteer assistant, who was a pitcher with the University mm-hmm. of Tennessee. Tell me about that group of coaches and what it means to play here for them. And then specifically on the pitching side that you get to work with Sally Beth and then Maddie Moss, who pitched in the SEC at Tennessee. Um, I feel like playing for these coaching staff is just something that everybody just doesn't get to experience because – They honestly care about you outside of softball. They care about you, like, as a person. They help you grow as, like, women. And just show us, like, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be confident, beautiful, Um, and just truly in love with yourself, growing with the game and outside of the game. Um, Maddie coming in and helping us was a big deal because she completely – her and Coach Sally completely, like, turned the pitching staff around. They grew our confidence, grew our pitches, and just gave us a, basically a dog mentality. Like, we're about to beat you. Like, the six of us, we will dominate you. That's what I feel like they bring to us. And Maddie can, like, relate to us because no, she knows what we've been through. She's been there for four years. She can relate from the softball side and – just in general, and Coach Sally helps us so much because she was a great hitter. She knows our hitters, so she makes us attack hitters' strengths and weaknesses while we're also working on ourselves and building ourselves up. So those two, like, coming in and helping us was a big deal. They changed the pitching uh, staff around so much, and we're so grateful, and we're just ready to show everybody who questioned whether we would have, like, a pitching staff once Faith lived. And we're just ready to prove that we do. In softball, it might be even more of a rare commodity as opposed to baseball having a left-handed pitcher on staff. Do you find you have got a little bit of an advantage over hitters because you're left-handed? Um. Well, me personally, like if I'm hitting, I hate hitting against a left-handed pitcher, but... What some of my teammates have told me is, like, my balls kind of spin different, which, like, helps them, like, if they face a left-handed pitcher, like, against another team, they'll be like, well, we've been seeing licks, so we should be able to adjust quick or whatever. And it's just, like, a different side since me and Reagan are the only two lefties, and then we have four um, right-handed pitchers. So I guess them seeing a different side of it is helpful. And then for you, too, and your – in that mindset whenever you're game ready on days that you're pitching you're also usually in the lineup Mm -hmm. and as opposed to baseball when say it's the national league or even in college when you've got a pitcher batting normally ninth you're right in the heart of the order Mm -hmm. you're you're a cleanup hitter you're a power hitter tell me about how you're able to kind of shift gears in between when you walk out of the circle to when you step into the batter's box um 
my mentality, like in a game and practice and whatever, it's like I'm not going to let one thing affect the other. So if I'm not having a good day pitching, I'm going to help the team with my hitting. Like I can go out and walk four batters, but I can go out and also hit a home run to help us. So I try to like, if I do bad, Think of it as, like, flushing something down the toilet. Like, if it's bad, I'm going to instantly flush it. Like, I'm letting it go. I'm not letting it affect me. I don't want to, like, carry bad energy. And then as a pitcher, how much do your catchers help you during the middle of the game? 100%. Like, the pitchers would not be so good if it wasn't for the catchers. And I'm so thankful for them because they're right there with the umpires. They're building their relationship with the umpires to help us get calls that are like iffy so i'm so thankful for them they frame for us block for us they're leading the game just like us they're touching every ball just like us they mean so much and i'm so grateful when it comes to the academic side of things what are you looking to get into after you graduate what's your major in uh well my bachelor's was exercise science and wellness i graduated with that and my master's right now is sports management so after I graduate, I'm graduating in the, in the summer, which is great. Um, after I graduate, I plan on, like, hosting events for, like, my brother and my dad since they, like, run a travel organization. So I want to, like, put on tournaments for them, which will be helpful. Um, and I also probably want to start giving lessons back at home. So that's kind of where I'm at with that right now. What is the schedule like for the spring whenever you guys get started back? And plus, you know, looking at the uh, at the fall, you guys will be going home for mm -hmm. Thanksgiving beginning on Friday. You'll have a week off and then you'll come back. And what will it look like the week after Thanksgiving and then going into that spring semester on the field? Well, when we go home this Friday, we won't have to come back until like around January 10th or 11th because classes start the 12th. So when we come back, so we're supposed to start February 12th. So as soon as we come back, that's the first day of team practice, January 12th. So we're getting right into it because we have to get ready for our, our season. So February 12th, we plan on going to Monroe, Louisiana. That's a tournament. And then it just goes from there. Mm -hmm. Is it going to be kind of strange going home at Thanksgiving and not coming back until January? And then is it going to be one of those things to where it's like uh, – you know, I've got this time to relax, or are you going to be itching to get back onto the field? Um, it's different not having to come back, like, after Thanksgiving and getting that long break. But over the over this holiday break, I feel like we're all just so itching to step on the field and compete against somebody else and just not have to compete against ourselves when we come back. We're all going to be just itching to work hard, itching to get better, holding each other accountable because we know what's up ahead. We know what's coming. Alexis Jamerson, thanks so much for coming on the podcast with me this week, gearing up for a super senior year. Thank you. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beak. I hope that you and yours are healthy, and I'll talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with a brand new episode and another guest. For Avery Davis, I'm Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening, and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beak the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting jsugamecocksports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, 
JSUGamecockSports.com and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSUGamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.